Well, I had been out a little sick, and but before I got messed up, um, there was this message that was given by a friend of mine, and I sent him a text and said, hey, when are you going to bring that message to Relentless? And after some conversations, we landed on Father's Day weekend. And it's very appropriate because uh, I was going to have to find someone anyways this weekend because, quite honestly, this, this thing has been just getting me, tearing me up. And uh, I've been fighting through it, but I, I knew that we needed a voice in the pulpit this weekend. And uh, how many of you enjoyed Elder Gary last weekend? Yeah, such a good word. I believe that tonight's message is an on-time word for this house. And I want to encourage you to press in and lean in and receive all that he has uh, for us tonight. We have our a guest, my friend, a friend of many of us actually in this house, C.J. Balding. So could you all stand as he comes up and brings the word tonight and honor the man of God? All right. Y'all must get some... Get some sweat going every now and then. I don't know that I'll need that. <laughs> I um, always enjoy coming here because it always feels like family. And uh, I know that, that that was something that was said by Pastor Kyle just a moment ago is that we're family. And I, I think that that's, it's hard to find in the church. Um. Before I get into the message, I, I do want to take an opportunity just to say thank you to Pastor Kyle. I've been around the Lord my whole life, and I've been in ministry a long time. And it's not often that you find men and women of, of the Lord that will open up the platform to allow someone to minister. So I want to say thank you for allowing me to, to share my gift the gift that the Lord put in me. Um, also, I want to honor my family that came with me tonight, my wife, Amen. Kelly, uh, my sister, Kristen, my children. Joshua's in here, and the other three are over there. And it's probably best that they are. <laughs> but um, I also want to pray before I get into, into the Word. Our battles aren't against flesh and blood but against principalities, powers of the air, rulers of darkness. And so any time that the Lord has an on-time word, there's going to be opposition in the Spirit. And even after the word is given, there's op uh, opposition that comes. Um, and so I just want to take an opportunity just to bind the strong man. Can we do that? Corporately? Father, right now, Lord, I just thank you that it is the power of the Holy Spirit that breaks every yoke, every yoke of darkness, all spiritual bondage. Thank you for the anointing, the anointing that breaks the yoke. I thank you right now, Holy Spirit, for the anointing. God, that the anointing would be on me that the anointing would be on the ears of the listeners in this house, that the anointing would be on the minds of sons and daughters in this room. 
God, that your anointing would be on our hearts, that they would be made soft, that every heart that is hard from hurt, from bitterness, from religion, that it be made soft tonight so that the Lord could have his way. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for what you're going to do in this place tonight. Thank you, God, that you've orchestrated this as a divine setup. Thank you for it, Lord. Right now, I just come against every strong man in the spirit, the spirit of religion that would try to scoff and ridicule and judge and criticize. God, the spirit of wickedness. Thank you right now that all spirits of witchcraft are arrested in the spirit by the power of the Holy Ghost. Thank you, Lord, for the heavy anointing. Thank you for the glory. Thank you for the glory. Thank you for glory. Can we just open our hands? Just posture your hand. Father, let your glory come. Let your glory come. Right now, all arthritis, bow your knee to the glory of the Lord. All gout and joint pain, bow your knee to the glory of the Lord. You are great. You do miracles so great. There is no one else like you. There is no one else like you. For you are great. You do miracles so great. There is no one else like you. There is no one else like you. There's people in this room, you came expecting a miracle. This is not where I was going at all. Right now, Lord, thank you that the laying on the hands of the Holy Ghost. Thank you, Lord, that the Holy Ghost lays hands on sons and daughters that need miracles. Thank you right now, God, that clogged arteries are opened. Clogged arteries are opened. In the name of Jesus of Nazareth. Thank you for the mighty, miracle-working power of the Son of the living God. 
Thank you for Jesus. And his mighty power. Thank you that cancer bows its knee to the name of Jesus. Thank you for deliverance right now in the name of Jesus. Inner ear conditions and vertigo. Hardness of hearing, deaf and dumb spirit. I bind you in the name of Jesus. And I thank you right now, God, that every ear is opened. And the inner ear and the inner workings of the ear are opened right now. Thank you, Holy Spirit. The river of God flow in this place. I hear the Lord saying the river is already flowing in this place. Ezekiel talks about a river that flowed out of the house of the Lord. And when it went out, everything it touched, touched, it brought to life. That river's in you. And when you go out of the house... And everything you touch brings resurrection life. This is not the message that I had. But this is what he's saying. I've got a river of life flowing out of me. Makes the lame to walk and the blind to see. Opens prison doors and sets the captives free. I've got a river of life flowing out of me. You know what happens when you have a river of life that doesn't flow out of you? Everything in it dies. He told his disciples, freely you have received, now freely give. The river of life is on the inside of you. And the enemy is the one who accuses and brings accusation and says, you don't have that river of life in you. But he's the father of lies. If the word of the Lord says, I've got it in me, and I'm hearing something that's contrary to that, you know the source. The river is in you. Now let the river flow. Let the river flow so that the blind can see and the lame can leap, the deaf can hear, and the dead live again. Thank you, Lord, for mantles. Thank you, God, for releasing mantles in this house tonight. Thank you, God, for releasing mantles. Let every weight that isn't from the Lord surrender under the weight of the glory of the Lord. 
And let every chain be broken under the weighty presence of the glory of the Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Holy Spirit. That word about the river of life being on the inside of you and you releasing that thing, that's part of the word that God gave me. I was in my bathtub a couple of weeks ago, and I, I kind of just out of nowhere, I was actually preparing for the service that I did preach this, this message. This was a Tuesday or Wednesday night, and I was, I was just sitting there, and I, um, I began to ponder on how much we need each other. And I don't mean that in the sense of, you know, hey, can you help, can you help me tote this thing? Or, hey, would you mind grabbing the door for me? I mean it in the sense of the gifting that's on the inside of you, the gifting that's on the inside of me, and how much we need each other. The enemy is fighting the church and the family. In the spirit of unity. You see it. I mean, if you look, you watch the news. Or don't watch the news. You don't even have to watch the news. You can go anywhere nowadays. And see the agenda of the enemy against the family. Confusion. Chaos. Dysfunction. Godlessness. Spirit of Antichrist, you see it. And if it's in the home, it's in the house. If he can attack you in the home, in the, as a family, he's going he's gonna to attack the family of God. So this word tonight is as much for the house of the Lord as it is for your house, your personal house. So what does the Bible have to say about unity? If you've got your Bibles if you'll open to Psalms 133. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for the spirit of prophecy. Thank you for freedom. Thank you for the testimony of Jesus. Psalms 133. Behold, how good and pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together. Say together. In unity, say unity. It is like the precious oil upon the head, running down on the beard, the beard of Aaron, running down on the edge of his garments. It is like the dew of Hermon, descending upon the mountains of Zion, for there the Lord commanded the blessing, life forevermore. When I was preparing this message, my pastor called me. He said, so what, you got, a, you got a word? I said, yeah. I feel like I've got something. He said, oh, okay, what you got? I said, well, I feel like the Lord is saying unity. I, I mentioned a while ago I was sitting in my bathtub. And, I, and I, uh, I was like, gosh, we need each other. We need each other's giftings. There's things in you that I need and things in me that you need. And I got out of the tub and 
I was sharing it with my wife and just kind of expressing some things. And I walked to the living room, sat in my recliner, grabbed my Bible, flipped it open to Ephesians 4. We'll get there in a minute, but it starts with walk in unity. How much we need each other. But I'd never read this scripture, really. I mean, I, I knew about it, how, how, you know, how blessed it is for brethren to dwell together and all. But my pastor, he says, oh, yeah, Psalms 130. Or he, he said, he actually uh, recited the verse. And uh, I said, text that to me. Psalms 133, I'd like that. Well, then I, I, uh, I started studying the verse, and I found a, a passage where A.W. Tozer, how many of you know A.W. Tozer? A.W. Tozer commented on this. And one thing that he says about this, this particular passage, Psalms 133, is because there was unity, we read about oil and dew, life and blessing. You see oil and you see dew and you see life and you see blessing, but all of that is a result of there being unity. You following me? So in other words, unity precedes the pouring out of oil, dew, life, and blessing. The supernatural is a result of unity. In fact, unity today is supernatural. It takes a supernatural sovereign move of the Lord to bring unity. Another place in Scripture we see unity where, there's, where it was followed by a supernatural event. We all know about it, Acts 2. And I'm going to read this in the Amplified. In Acts 2, 1 through 4 in the Amplified, it says, When the day of Pentecost had come, they were all together. Say together. There's that word again. Together. In one place. Say one place. Suddenly a sound came from heaven like a rushing violent wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. There appeared to them tongues resembling fire, which were being distributed among them, and they rested on each one of them as each person received the Holy Spirit. And they were all filled, that is, diffused throughout their being with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues, different languages, as the Spirit was giving them the ability to speak out clearly and appropriately. Supernatural event that happened as a, I guess, it, it followed there being unity, coming together, one accord, gathered together, assembled together, in agreement, in unity, like-mindedness. And then the Holy Spirit comes. These examples, and there's many others throughout Scripture, show us the power that comes with walking in unity. These are examples that show us what can happen when we come together in unity. So should it be a surprise to us that the enemy would do everything he can to keep the family and the church divided. Should we be surprised? Certainly not. The enemy knows what unity in the home and the house of God 
and the nations can do to him and his kingdom. So how does the enemy and even ourselves keep, keep us from standing together in unity? The enemy knows that if we come together, what can happen as a result of coming together in unity and in agreement? The enemy knows that if one can put a thousand, then two can put ten thousand. So he wants to keep division in the house. He wants to keep strife in the home. He wants to keep division in the family. He wants to keep division in the church because he can't stand agreement. In fact, he's an accuser. So he's okay with agreement as long as you're agreeing with him. He wants your agreement. So what keeps us from standing together in unity? I don't think I gave you these as points necessarily. So if you're taking notes, this is where you put a number one. What keeps us from standing together in unity? One, walking in the old man. Old man. Well, what's the old man? In Ephesians 4, starting in verse 22, Paul says that you put off concerning your former conduct the old man which grows corrupt according to deceitful lust. Drop down to verse 31. These are the characteristics of the old man. Bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. Bitterness. Bitterness forms in the absence of forgiveness. If you're not actively walking in forgiveness... Bitterness is growing, whether you know it or not. You have to be active in forgiving. Saying you're sorry is an act. You have to actively walk in forgiveness. Wrath. Wrath is passionate anger that boils up. If you can visualize anger... Boiling up, that's wrath. Anger is temper or violent emotion. Clamor, perpetual animosity. Resentment, strife, fault finding. Evil speaking. Evil speaking is corrupt or rotten words. I did a word study on this. That's where this is coming from, from like looking up these words in the Greek, what they actually meant. Rotten words. Are we speaking evil? One that Paul didn't list, but I added, is pride. Having to be right. Another, uh, another thing that keeps us from standing together in unity is a spirit of rejection. A spirit of rejection, I think the enemy is really good at it because he was the, he, it started with him. He was kicked out of heaven. So rejection was birthed when he got expelled from heaven. And so you see this often, this orphan spirit 
and rejection. Rejection leads to isolation. And if there's isolation, then there can't be unity because, again, what, what do we have to have? We have to come together. So if we're separated because of a spirit of rejection and operation, we're isolating ourselves from the body. There's power being lost there. The thought of not being good enough. The thought of not being good enough. The enemy will try to torment you with you're not good enough. Everything filters. This is how strongholds work. Rejection is the stronghold that everything passes through. So if the enemy can, can say things or even fellow believers, body, the people in the body, your spouse, your children, your coworkers, if the enemy can have you in a place of, of rejection, everything is going to filter through that lens. Does that make sense? Everything is going to filter through the lens of rejection, which then leads to isolation and division. No unity. No unity in your marriage. If, if, if you've seen this in relationships, oftentimes like in a, in a spousal relationship or even in dating, someone who has rejection always... They kind of hear what you say in some kind of sideways way. Like, what are you trying to say? I'm not good enough. What are you trying to say? And that's the enemy. That's rejection. And what does it do? It leads to division in that relationship. Same thing in the house of the Lord. Another thing that keeps us from standing together in unity is actual spiritual warfare. Spiritual warfare. Attacks of witchcraft. Powers of the air working to get influence in our homes and in our churches. The enemy's looking for influence. He wants to influence. That's what demons do. They influence behaviors. And the enemy wants that. The enemy wants to get influence in the house of the Lord. The enemy wants to get influence in your house with your family, with your children. He wants tension. He wants strife because he comes. His goal is to steal, kill, and destroy. And that's how he does it. Spiritual warfare. Witchcraft. So why do we need unity? One thing that I got to thinking about when I asked myself this question. Why do we need unity? Immediately I thought about the Father. God the Father. God the Father didn't design everything we see and know regarding family and the church to be done alone. Think about family. Back in the garden. So God created Adam in his image. But if all he wanted to, if, if it was all about just Adam doing his thing, then he wouldn't have ever created Eve. But he literally said, it's not good for man to be alone. So I'm going to create Eve for you. God didn't design family to be done alone. He wants unity in family. He gave Eve to Adam. Jesus, I thought about the New Testament. I'm thinking, okay, so, so God, you sent your son. 
Jesus is the Son of God. Jesus is perfect theology. Jesus was God in the flesh. Jesus was all those things, but Jesus didn't do it by himself. Jesus chose men and women, right? Jesus chose these individuals to help him establish the Father's kingdom in the earth. Think about it. Think about the fish and the loaves. Who organized the people? Who put the baskets out? Who, who kept up with the funds of Jesus' ministry? I've watched that Chosen series. I haven't finished it. But some of the episodes that I've watched, it personifies, it kind of personalizes the, the disciples and, and brings a different light onto, these were real people. So Jesus literally chose these men and they had functions they had functions in his ministry. What did he do? In Matthew, he sent them out. Matthew 10, he gave them power and authority over sickness. And then he sent them out two by two, right? He sent them out. He didn't say, hey, go and gather everybody and then bring them right here. In other words, Jesus needed them to establish the Father's kingdom in the earth. He's doing the same thing now. He looks at you and he says, I want you to establish my father's kingdom in the earth. So then what happens? Jesus says, guys, I'm not going to be with you forever. But you're not going to do this by yourself. He sends the Holy Spirit. Jesus sent the Holy Spirit to be the helper, the teacher, the comforter, the counselor. He sent the Holy Spirit to reveal truth in a time where it, there's so much false narratives and deceit. We need the Holy Spirit to reveal truth. And Jesus promised us that he will reveal to us all truth. The Holy Spirit will reveal to us all truth. Y'all tracking with me? Hallelujah. Flip over to 1 Corinthians 12. Thank you, Lord, for angels in the house. Thank you, Father. Paul writes in 1 Corinthians 12, starting in verse 1. Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I do not want you to be ignorant. So in other words, this is important and you need to know about it. You know that you were Gentiles, carried away to these dumb idols, however you were led. Therefore, I make known to you that no one speaking by the Spirit of God calls Jesus accursed and no one can say that Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. There are diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are differences of ministries, but the same Lord. There are diversities of activities, but it is the same God who works all in all. 
But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. The manifestation of the Spirit is given to us individually, but it's to the profit of all. For to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit, to another the word of knowledge through the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healings by the same Spirit, to another working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, to another different kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues. But one and the same Spirit works all of these things, distributing to each one individually as he wills. If I need healing and you've got it, I need you. If you need wisdom and I've got it, you need me. We need each other. And what did he say right here? But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. Each manifestation is for the profit of all. None are greater than the other. Each one being in operation brings profit to the collective. So now do we understand why the enemy would try to bring division? If the gifting of working of miracles is in the house and miracles aren't operating, well, is it because there's division there? And somebody's not operating in that gift because there's division or if there's, if there's not tongues or interpretation, fill in the blank with any of these gifts. And it's not manifesting for the profit of all. It's because there's division. Skip down to verse 17. If the whole body were an eye, where would be the hearing? Come on. That would be weird. <laughs> if the whole body were an eye, where would be the hearing? If the whole were hearing, where would be the smelling? But now God has set the members. Who set the members? God set the members, each one of them in the body, just as he pleased. Do not envy one another. Do not covet one another. God set the members. And if they were all one member, where would the body be? But now indeed there are many members, yet one body. And the eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you. Nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. No, much rather those members of the body which seem to be weaker are necessary. Can I tell you that the enemy wants to tell you his lie to you and to me is that you're just an ear or you're just an eye. You're not significant. You're not big enough. You're not strong enough. You can't hear God. You're an eye. You can't see God. You're a nose. That's a lie. 
He's a father of lies. We need each other. So check this out. Did you know that there are 360 joints in the body? Somebody did. I heard a yes back there. I didn't. 360 joints in the body connecting 206 bones. When you're born, you're born with 270, but then they fuse together as you age. 360 joints connecting 206 bones. When a part of the body is disjointed, there is loss of function in that part, right? You dislocate your shoulder, what happens? You lose function in your arm. You dislocate your ankle. You dislocate your hip. You lose function in that body part. Additionally, there is loss in function to all the parts connected to that body part. Dislocate your shoulder. You lose function in your shoulder. You lose function in your whole arm with all of its body parts. So when the enemy disjoins you from the body, it ain't just you. He's disconnecting. It ain't just you. Maybe, this, maybe these fingers are your kids. And he's disjoined you here, but it's affecting your children. It's affecting your relationships. We know that when, there's, when we're all joined together, there's life. There's function. If my arm isn't separated and, I, and it's not disjointed, I've got function there. I've got life in this limb because of that. A couple, when I shared this word, I shared a specific testimony that pertained to somebody in our house, our, our church. And this was several months ago. There was a young man who approached me. Um, I was sharing a word on dreams um, to the youth. And during worship, I'd had a trash week. And during worship, he came up to me. And he put his arm on me. And he just kind of touched me on my shoulder. And he started just doing his arm like this. And he just started saying, I just hear the Lord saying, we just, just everything that's happened this week, we're just right now, God, you just wash that off. And I'm like, come on, man. I needed that. It was like oil. It was like dew. It was refreshing and it brought life. I was able to give a word because of him being connected to the Lord, right? Being connected to the Holy Spirit. Because if, if you ain't connected to him, you ain't connected to the body. You got to be connected to him first. He was plugged into God, and then he was able to minister to me, which brought life and brought blessing. So how do we obtain and arrive at unity 
in our homes and in our church. This is where the challenge comes, okay? Unity, unity is one of those things where, where the enemy fights it so hard that it's going to take diligence and perseverance to get it. Intentionality. you got to be intentional about it. So how do we obtain and arrive at unity in our homes and our church? Ephesians 4, back to Ephesians 4. Starting in verse 1. I, therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you to walk worthy of the calling which you were called, with all lowliness, say lowliness, gentleness, with long-suffering, bearing with one another, in love. Come on, in love. Endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. I did another word study. Because, I mean, you you can kind of get part of what Paul is saying by just reading that. But when I looked these words up in the Greek, Ephesians 4, 1 through 3 could be read this way. With all humility... And humbleness, gentleness, and mildness, with patience. It's going to take patience, guys. Slow to avenge wrongs. This is for your house, okay? This is for husbands and wives. Hold up, sustain, and bear one another in affection, goodwill, and brotherly love, being diligent, making great effort to guard from loss by keeping your eye upon. You following me? To guard from loss by keeping your eye upon the oneness an agreement of the Holy Spirit. A couple of weeks ago, we went, to, uh, we went to Florida. We went to Ruskin, I think it was around St. Petersburg. And I don't know if you guys have kids, okay? I've got four. Four kids under the age of 12 at the beach is no bueno. So... We're out there. First of all, we spent 30, 40 minutes trying to find a parking space. And uh, once we found a place to park, then we were able to walk to the beach. And we get out there. And kids are kids, okay? They're running to the water. And my wife's paranoid. And she's, no, 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 you're too far. And they're like, but mom, it's right here. No, 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 you got to come back. She's freaking out. And rightfully so. We love our kids. You know, if you didn't love your kids, you wouldn't care. We love our kids. So we're over there, like, tripping out. Where's Josie? Where's Josie? Have you seen her? Freaking out. Where are the kids? Can you see them? Keeping our eye upon our children. Do we do that with unity? Do we guard and keep our eye on, all right, are we still in agreement with the Holy Spirit? 
Okay, we got to stay in agreement with the Holy Spirit. Have you seen the Holy Spirit? Where's he at? Where's he at? Keeping your eye on the Lord. Staying in unity with him. Protecting unity in your home. Protecting unity. Guarding it. Safekeeping it. Guarding unity in the house of the Lord. Let me tell you something. Thank you, Holy Spirit. If you guard the unity with the Holy Spirit, there'll be unity in the house of the Lord. If you stay in unity with Holy Spirit and, and you don't allow yourself to get disconnected from Him, there's going to be unity in the house. And we don't have to try to strategize and come up with all these things. Okay, are we putting that person in their spot? Because... You know, last time they got their feelings hurt if we didn't, if we didn't let them do their thing, you know. Da, 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 da. If we're in unity with the house of the Lord, if we're in unity with the Holy Spirit, He ain't gonna tell, He's not gonna tell somebody something over here that's gonna conflict with what He's saying to somebody over here. Why? Because He's in agreement with the Father. He said, a house divided against itself can't stand. He ain't going to divide his own house. Stay in unity with the Holy Spirit. And there'll be unity in the house of the Lord. And for your children, teach them unity of the Holy Spirit. Plug them in. Get them involved. You guys good? Yep. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Ephesians 4, 22 to 24. I already read part of this. Paul says again, Put off concerning your former conduct, the old man, which grows corrupt according to deceitful lust. Be renewed in the spirit of your mind. Be renewed in the spirit of your mind. How do we get unity in our, in our homes? How do we get unity with the Holy Spirit? How do we get unity in the church? Be renewed in the spirit of your mind. Well, what does that mean? You take on a new way of thinking by putting off the old man. Putting on the new one. Put off the old man. What was the old man? Bitterness, rage, wrath, anger, clamor, evil speaking, all those characteristics deceitful lust put off those those things and put on the new man a new way of thinking paul adds to that by stating in the remainder of chapter 4 which is verses 25 to 32 therefore putting away lying let each one of you speak truth with his neighbor for we are members of one another Speak truth. Put away lying. Don't lie about your neighbor. Children, don't lie about your siblings. Sheesh. Be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your wrath. Nor give place to the devil. This is something the Lord showed to me whenever I, was, whenever I actually was preaching this word. Nor give place to the devil. You know how you don't give place to the devil? 
how you don't give place to the devil. Simple. Fill everything with the Holy Spirit. If every place is filled with the Lord, there is no place for the devil. Right? Jesus told his disciples that whenever you clean out the house, when you do deliverance, you clean out the house. All the deliverance ministers know about what I'm talking about here. You clean out the house, you got to fill it with something. Fill it with the spirit of truth. Give no place to the devil. Fill everything with the Lord. Let him who stole steal no longer, but rather let him labor, working with his hands what is good, that he may have something to give him who has need. Don't steal. Unity in the body? Unity on your job? Don't steal time. Boss man's looking at you some kind of way? Are you stealing time? Working the clock? Do what's right. Don't steal. Paul's telling us right here how to have unity. Let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth. Corrupt. What was that again? Rotten. What does the words coming out of your mouth smell like? They smell rotten? Are they given life? But what is good for necessary edification, that it may impart grace to the hearers. Do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Let all bitterness, there's these words again, the old man, wrath, anger, clamor, evil speaking, be put away from you with all malice. Be kind to one another. Tenderhearted. Be kind. What is kindness? Being tender-hearted. That's kindness. Forgiving one another. That's a hard one, isn't it? Forgiving one another. At the end of the day, so much of this just goes back to walking in love. Walking in love. They will know we are Christians by our love. Not our debates. Not our ability to recite Scripture and impress them with lofty words. They'll know you by your love. Jesus was perfect theology. Jesus was God made flesh. God is love. Jesus is love. What does love look like? Looks like Jesus. Looks like Jesus. My 10-year-old son, he wears a bracelet. WWJD. Now, he don't always look at it. (laughs) It's simple. Walk in love. I'm going to close here. I don't know what time you guys usually close or what this even is supposed to look like. But when you talk about unity, the enemy's going to fight you in it. Okay? 
Unity in the Spirit. Well, how's he going to fight you? He's going to try to get you disconnected from the Holy Spirit. He's going to try to get you disconnected from the Lord. He's going to try to get you disconnected from the church. He's going to try to get you... You ain't fought with your wife in three years, and now all of a sudden you get in a knockdown, drag out. It's the enemy. He's going to fight you where the Lord is strengthening you. He's going to fight you where the Lord is strengthening you. And this is what the Lord is doing right now. Because guess what? We all know he's coming back for one bride. One. Unity has to happen. It's got to happen. It's got to happen. And when it happens, his kingdom happens. When unity happens, miracles break out. People get set free. Homes get restored. Marriages get restored. Thank you, Lord. Finances get restored. I don't know who this is for, but I almost feel it's like I can see money being drained out of your checking account electronically, like overnight. There was this loss, great loss, financial loss that happened. Thank you, Holy Spirit, that you restore everything that the locust and the canker worm eat. And thank you right now, God, that those finances are being restored. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for unity in the home. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for unity in our, in our children, in our parenting. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for unity at Relentless. Thank you, God, that what you put together, no man can pull asunder. Thank you, Lord, that when you build the house, the foundation is strong. Unless the Lord build the house, those who labor, labor in vain. Thank you, God, for building the house. Thank you, God, for building our homes. Thank you, God, for building our marriages. Thank you, God, for building this house. Thank you, God, for building the house in us. You are the temple of God. You are his house. Thank you, God, that when the weight of your glory falls on us, that the foundation is firm because it's built on Jesus. Hallelujah. Is this okay, Kyle? Is this all right? Yes, Lord. 
Um, I don't know what this means, but I see skin flaking like eczema. Uh, like it, like, like skin coming off, like eczema. Is there somebody here that's got eczema? Like something to do with the skin and it, and it coming off, flaking off? You, Mr. Mike? Can I pray for you? Can you come up here, sir? Thank you, Lord. Father, right now, Lord, I thank you, Holy Spirit. I curse leprosy in the name of Jesus and eczema. I thank you right now, God, that this issue, the doctors have maybe even said was autoimmune. Thank you, Lord, that it falls off of him and that you make his skin better than it was the day he was born. Thank you right now, Father, for curing. I hear, I hear voices saying there's no cure. Like this, this you're just going to have to deal with this. Keep it, look, keep Aquavina on it. Uh, you just got to keep the, the, the cream on it. Here's some steroid cream. You got to rub it on there. Thank you, Jesus, that you make everything right. In the name of the Lord Jesus, thank you right now, Father, for healing his skin. New skin that the old man fall off and the new man come. In the name of Jesus. And thank you right now, Father, for forgiving him sweet sleep and, and dreams. Thank you, Lord. No more trouble sleeping and getting up multiple times. Thank you, God, that the restless nights are gone. Thank you, Holy Spirit. And thank you, Father, for a fresh baptism for him tonight, Lord. Thank you, Father, that every idle thought bows its knee to the knowledge of the Lord. Every confusing thought bows to the knowledge of Jesus. Touch him tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you. Yes, sir. Hallelujah. Can we just uh, see what I said about unity and how supernatural follows that? It, it happens. Unity comes before and then that happens. Can we just, this is a moment where we, I don't know how, long, how much time we have, but this is, I want to I take a moment where we are intentional about coming together in agreement. In unity. In unity. Thank you, Lord, that collectively we acknowledge you are the God that healeth thee. You are the Lord, our healer. 
you sent your word and healed our disease. You are the Lord, our healer. Thank you right now that crooked backs are being made straight. Crooked spines and crooked hips and legs that aren't the same length. Make them long right now in Jesus' name. Make what is short that needs to be long, long. And make what is long that needs to be short, short. In the name of Jesus. If that's you, I see this like a leg being shorter than the other. And you would be able to know because when you walk, you feel off balance. If that's you and you've got a limb, like a leg shortness thing, I want you to stand up and just see if it feels normal now. If, you've, if you feel like you've got, thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Right now, Lord, align the hips and the back and the spine. Grow it out, Jesus. Make it right. Make it right. Make it right. The trauma in the hips, the trauma in the hips that have created this condition that has led to sciatica, that's led to nerve uh, firing and, and weirdness in the leg. Thank you right now. Thank you right now for the fire of God to fill it and that every bone be made straight. Every bone be made straight. This generational condition, this generational condition, I speak to it in the name of Jesus and command the hip and the back to be fixed in the name of Jesus. Scoliosis, get out in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father, for healing the back. Heal it now. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Do you feel any different? I know you feel a lot. You're a feeler. Do you feel anything? Yeah? The muscles, the cellular memories in the muscles, God. Thank you, Father, for making the muscles and the cellular memories in the muscles new memories. Jesus. Was it trauma-related, like a car accident? Yeah? Yeah. Yeah. Thank you, Father, for... Healing that hip, making that leg straight, making it the same length, making it the same length. Break every curse that was spoken over her as a little girl. Break it off in the name of Jesus. It's affected her walk. Thank you right now. That is not her portion. You call her daughter. You call her daughter. Yeah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. For new oil. Yes, Lord. Put an expectation on the Lord. 
They tarried in the upper room with expectation. They waited. He told them, hey, go, go up there, wait. Send in the helper. And they put a demand on the Lord. Expectation. I break addiction. I break addiction. That noose that's been wrapped around your neck. I break it off in the name of Jesus. Alcoholism. Bow your knee to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. If that's you and you've, you've said yes to the Lord, but you can't seem to, to find freedom, I want you to say yes to the Lord and stand. You can't seem to break this addiction, this thing that just kind of keeps you coming back. Come on, we're family. Hallelujah. He's the God who sees. Thank you, Lord. I break the spirit of addiction because I know it's in here. I break it. I break it off. Spirit of addiction. You're not welcome anymore. You've overstayed your welcome. You're not here. You're not allowed here anymore. Every person in this room that calls Jesus Lord, he's in their house. They are the temple. You're in there illegally. So right now, I command every spirit of addiction to be broken in the name of Yeshua. I break it. Get out. All addiction. In every form. In every form. Food, alcohol, drugs, pornography, lust, addiction in every form. So that sons and daughters can be in unity with the Holy Spirit. All bondage be broken in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you right now, God, for the wind of God to blow through this place. To blow through this house. Do you record this? Podcast or something like that? I felt that. I don't ever do this, but I feel like there's a person who's going to be listening. I just speak to the, to the powers of the air in the podcast that would try to bring confusion I break you off in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. I feel like that, man. I don't know if like there's been conversations of or there's like a way for you to track how many people are listening to the podcast, but I almost sense like there's been this, this power of the air that's kept it from going further over here. And it's only like, man, we've only got like 12 listeners. I don't know what's going on here. I don't know if that's, if that's even a thing. But 
I just break that in the spirit. That that there would be an increase in the in the the frequencies and an increase in the air so that more people hear what's coming out of this house. Thank you, Lord. And it's not even so that you guys can like build a bigger building. It's not even it's not even about that. It's for establishing the kingdom in a region. Principalities are regional. They're governing spirits. And they're regional. And so they won't influence in a region. So they're going to do everything they can to prevent the people of God from having influence in a region. I feel like there's something connected to that podcast. There's something. Okay. Well, something on there, too. Yeah. I've seen the enemy, man. He gets into, he gets into technology, and he can, he can do some junk. Come on, why do you think pornography is such a big deal? He's using film. He's using technology to, to establish his kingdom. But right now, I just prophesied that technology and innovation will come out of this house. Ooh, I feel that so strong. Tech, technology and innovation and creative innovations coming out of this house. People that are going to connect to this house that have IT, IT ways of thinking, and, and that God's going to use, God's going to bring people into this house that are wired like that way, to, to think tech, and like technology. There's going to be a space for them here. Yeah, Pee Wee said a room. There's going to be a room. I got to find a room. There's going to be an IT room. Okay? I feel that. Thank you, Lord. I thank you, God, that every person in this house has a room. Has a room. Because I'm going to tell you what I know about the house of the Lord. There are houses of God where you felt like you didn't have a room. And you've been out there in the cold. We don't have room for your kind here, you've been told. There's room here. There's room here. Here's your challenge. Make room for him. Make room for him. Make room for him in your life, in your daily. Finding unity with him. Make room for him in your home, with your spouse. Make room for him in your marriage. You want to get a marriage working right? Let the husband and the wife be in unity with the Holy Spirit. Can't nothing tear it apart. That's that three-stranded cord. The three-stranded cord that isn't easily broken. Make room. Make room for him in your home. With you. Make room for him with your children and your parenting. Make room for him in the service. Make room for him in the parking lot. 
You get out there and you walk into the door and all of a sudden you feel the Holy Spirit kind of trying to brush up against you. Make room for him. Maybe he's brushing up against you because he wants you to go brush up against that person right over there. Make room. Make room for him. Thank you, Lord. Come on, he's good, isn't he? I don't know if this already happens, but I see like people are going to walk up to this building. I see people that look homeless, that look like they don't have anywhere to go. They can't find a room, and they're going to walk here. I don't know if that's already happening, but I can see it. I can see people on foot walking off the street because there's room for them here. That's your heart anyway. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Can we all stand? Yes, Lord. You want me to close it out? Okay. He's good. He's good. And he, he brings life and the blessing to where there's unity. So, Father, tonight, we just all lift our hands in agreement. Come on, just lift your hands. Father, we thank you tonight that we stand in unity with you, that we are in agreement with the Holy Spirit, that we stand in unity with our spouse, that we stand in unity with our siblings and our family. We stand in unity in this house. That what God puts together, let no witch, let no spirit other than the Holy Spirit, let no man, let no man's agenda pull it asunder. Thank you, God, that you build the house. Thank, God, thank you, Lord, that you bring the prodigals home. Thank you, Lord, that you make the table. You lay out the feast. And you put us a place at the table to sit and to eat and to fellowship and to commune. Thank you, Father, for communion with the Holy Spirit and community in the house. In the name of Jesus. Come on, everybody say amen. Hallelujah.